What is up, everybody? Welcome to Fightful Pro Wrestling. I'm your host, Denise Salcedo, and today I am joined by Joel Pearl. We are going to be talking about Impact Wrestling Slammiversary 2022, celebrating 20 years of Impact Wrestling. And what a night of pro wrestling we've had. You know, I got to be honest. I feel like we, uh, we've been spoiled just here. Last night, I was on here talking about Triple Mania, and now I'm back once again, now talking about Slammiversary. So I really just feel like it's been uh, two nights of a lot of really great wrestling. But before we get into the show, uh, Joel, I got to ask you, overall, how are you feeling? How do you feel coming off of that pay-per-view? How do you feel that it all went? I think overall, I, I'm feeling really good about the show. I, I think uh, most people who are here in the chat know that I host the Post Impact show here on Fightful with Cresta Star, and we talk about the weekly shows. And we kind of, we, we went down the card and gave our predictions, and so much stuff just... <laughs> Not not what we expected. And I think we're going to talk a lot about, about that tonight. But overall, the show was a lot of fun. There were a lot of moments that I think are going to be uh, in the minds of a lot of uh, TNA fans, Impact fans for the foreseeable future. And just overall, a fun show. That's what I wanted. And I think that's what we got. What did you think of the show? I think so, too. You know, that's the thing. And usually I do these uh, these Impact pay-per-view post shows with uh, with Steven Jensen. And he's out right now. But so it's so funny. We're, we're, we're swapped right now. So this is great. But one of the things that I feel is kind of like the theme of all of the Impact shows that we've been covering, whether it's the big pay-per-views or the small pay-per-views that they have on Impact Plus, what you always get out of those shows is a little bit of, you know, every match is very, very different. And they tend to deliver different types of stuff for, you know, whatever kind of fan you are because every fan gravitates towards something a little bit different and I think that's one of the things that Impact Wrestling is really good at is catering to these different audiences and what exactly it is that they want to see in their wrestling so at the end of tonight I sat here and I started thinking I'm like man usually for these kind of for you know for wrestling shows you always have a crystal clear option of what you legitimately think is match of the night and for the most part you know there's either like that one match that everybody's like hell yeah that was match of the night or you have two matches that people are like hell yeah this was match of the night for this for this show in particular i feel that everybody including myself and you are going to have different answers for what we think was match of the night legitimately just because there was a lot of really uh good stuff on today's show and a lot of different stuff on today's show but before we go ahead and talk about the pre-show before we get into the slammiversary card uh just a quick heads up everybody you guys know the drill you guys know how it works here at fightful please to keep us you know basically coming to you and make sure that we're still out here uh, giving you all of the best and the latest in wrestling content, please make sure to send in a super chat. If you do send in a super chat, you will get your question, your comment, or your statement read on this show, and it, it keeps us it keeps us going. Uh, if you do not want to send in a super chat, you also have the ability and the option to send in a humper chat, and humper chats are cool too because we get to keep a little bit more of that extra dollar dollar bill. So humper chats, super chats, any chats, send them in, and we will make sure to pull those up we already got a few in uh, I'll make sure to pull those up as they pertain to the match that we are discussing so let's go ahead and get right into it we're going to call everything in a nice chronological format let's kick things off with the pre-show and the pre-show the first match of the night um, we had Rich Swan versus Brian Myers Rich Swan defending his impact digital media championship in the pre-show uh, Joel so I got to be honest with you so there was a little bit of a of a glitch or I don't know if it was a glitch or an error or I don't know what was going on over on Impact Wrestling's end but the pre-show is normally on YouTube so 
obviously I, the people, were on YouTube, but YouTube was not playing the pre-show. And so I missed a huge portion of this match. I ended up catching the end when Rich Swan won with the 450, but I legitimately didn't even get to watch this match. It wasn't until I realized that they had actually shared the link on Twitter and somehow it was working via there, uh, via Twitter. But uh, Joel, how did you feel about the Impact Digital Media Championship match on the pre-show? So first of all, we were talking about this earlier, and I had the same problem with YouTube. I'm, I'm also part of the Ultimate Impact uh, Insiders thing, so I pay the five bucks a month, yada, yada. And I was like, oh, sweet. It's going to start at 7.30. I'm going to have no commercials. Everything's going to be great. And then I'm sitting there, and it's like 7.37 Eastern, and I'm like, something's going on. Why hasn't this started yet? And everyone in the comments is like, just go to fight. It's on fight. Go to fight. So I go, and I did it over there, and I caught up. I rewound it. I, I did see the Swan versus Myers match. Honestly, I... This match didn't mean much because unfortunately Matt Cardona is injured, so they had to send a surrogate. So Brian Myers comes in, and that's fine. They also had the the play with Rich Swan winning the Digital Media Championship of Pro Wrestling Revolver, so he didn't have the title. Matt Cardona stole it, so the story became you know Swan is trying to regain the title that he already owns, and so we have to have a match. Why not? Uh, there's some cool stuff in here. I mean, listen, Rich Swan does a like roll through clothesline in midair and Myers makes it look so simple and so cool as he takes it. And, you know, at the end of the day, Swan does a great cutter that looks better than Jay Lethal's lethal injection. I don't care if y'all agree or not. It's great. And then follows it up with a Phoenix splash, a good way to get a win and get the title that he deserves. Uh, all I can say now is Rich Swan's got to start using his, his Twitter again. He's got to get Sue Young to teach him how to do TikTok dances. And uh, we got to start seeing more Rich Swan on social media with that title. That's the only way to go now, right? That's how you explain being digital media champion. Said you should probably be on some sort of digital platform, right? Yeah. Congratulations, Rich. <laughs> Please use your Twitter now. Well, here's the thing. Rich Swan doesn't even need to dance on TikTok. Let's be real. He can do any of this, like this high flying things that he does. And let's be real. He'll definitely uh, blow up on TikTok doing just that. Um, but either way, that's the thing, though. I love that they get uh, they, they do really good. Impact is really good in terms of their pre-show matches. Legitimately feel like they could be swapped in into the show because that's how uh, they usually give them a good amount of stuff there. But let's go ahead and get into the second pre-show match that we had, which was the reverse battle royal and this one was a lot of fun uh we didn't really know who to expect during this match so just to mention a couple of the names of people we saw we we saw slash we saw father james mitchell we saw david young johnny swinger shark boy chase stevens we saw mike jackson chris bay uh it was a lot of uh interesting stuff that we saw throughout here we got shira in this this is a little bit more of like the nostalgia type of thing like this is the nostalgia match of the night especially for you know what we saw a lot today uh given the fact that we were celebrating the 20 years of slammiversary in Clearly, they're going to incorporate a lot of the nostalgia into the show to kind of, you know, celebrate the history and whatnot. Uh, there was a couple of things that I did like in this, and there was just one thing that I legitimately kind of did not like in this. And the thing that I didn't like in this is that I didn't think that Steve Macklin nor Chris Bay should have been in this match because I just feel that they're at a different level and they should have probably been uh, either on the card in some other, you know, match or, you know, I would have kind of just 
kind of preferred them in a different spot of the night. This, to me, didn't really feel like they kind of fit into the reverse battle royal. And then we ended up seeing uh, Sharkboy get the victory here. I didn't think that Sharkboy winning was the right call, in my opinion. With the final two, I think it should have been Johnny Swinger. It made more sense to have Johnny Swinger as the winner because let's say he's a regular TV character. So if he would have won this, this would have given him like months of something to brag about. So even though this was entertaining and this was more more for the nostalgia and please I uh, you know it, it, it there was just a couple of things that I was not totally in love with but Joel uh, how did you feel about this reverse battle royal all right first of all I have to add one more person to the list I have to add Aiden Prince I have to shout him out because he is a, a local Ontario boy he does a lot of wrestling around here and he's been on the impact uh, channel a few times so he was in that match too uh Listen, I agree with you. Swingman should have been the guy. The second they announced the, the silly battle royal, I was like, this is Swingman's to win. They had the whole segment backstage last week on Impact where Swingman was like, I'm going to win, daddy. And then he does the, he explains poorly the rules of the battle royal, gets it wrong. And then he's like, I'm going to go review tape. He should, he, he had it. He won the damn match. And then Sharkboy winning. I get it. it. It's nostalgia. You said it already. But like, it was a fun match. It was silly. The Macklin and Chris Bay thing. So uh, Chris Bay, 100%, I agree, did not need to be in this match. Macklin now, if they're not going to have Macklin and Chris Bay have some sort of thing going forward because of the elimination, Macklin needs to go after Josh Alexander and Scott Demore and say, you disrespected me. You put me in this match that you made fun of up until you had it. You made fun of it up until it ended. You said, oh my God, thank God it's over. Macklin needs to be pissed off and say, I deserve better. That's where I think Macklin's involvement makes the most sense. I don't know what they'll do, but eh, that's the only way I could explain out having Steve Macklin in a match like this. Exactly. 100% agreed with you on that end. So let's go ahead and get into some of your guys' thoughts. We got some super, uh, some super, I was going to say some super, some super mixed in humper and super, Uh, but we got our humper chats to get into really quickly. So here we go. This is from M.A. Sokol. Thank you so much to M.A. Sokol, who says Impact's greatest strength can also be a tiny bit of weakness. Their long term storytelling and character work pays off uh, the longer you watch. I feel this is true, especially because uh, I feel for the most part, like, I tend to to normally just watch like the pay-per-views and, you know, and the Impact Plus shows and all of that. But even then, I still think that I still find the product easy to follow because even if you just go and you read the highlights and you find out what's happening and you're going and you're watching the show sporadically, I do think it's very easy to follow. Uh, Joel, you obviously review each and every single week. So uh, do you notice any differences in terms of, you know, when you're reviewing every week and when you're not? I can say this. Sometimes, thank God, my long-term memory, as good as it is, I'm good at blocking stuff out. Because I can tell you, they're going to tape tomorrow for the next few weeks. I'm going to read the results. And I'm probably just going to purge it from my memory because I'm going to say, okay, that's cool. That's interesting. That's like, I'm going to retain one or two things. And then the rest of the time, I'm just going to leave it out. Because the best thing that Impact does, the matches are great, but it's actually the stuff they do backstage for the TV shows. So when I get to that point, I'm more invested into how they get to these matches or how they get to these feuds and set them up that the crowd doesn't see live on air. That's the stuff that I get invested in for impact. Um, But yeah, in terms of the matches, the week to week, 
it, it is what it is. The matches are great. The storytelling works. Uh, but I understand why some people just get by watching, you know, the the, the pay-per-views and the the specials, the monthly specials, whatever it could be. Uh, but they do, they do a pretty good job of telling the stories month to month or at least via video uh, doing the, uh, the, you know, the the background videos the exactly. wwe produced videos i can't remember You're like, what do you call? i usually Hype just call videos. them segments i call everything segments i'm like this <laughs> segment over here this is what we got this it just makes it easier for everybody it's the TV, uh, brain. <laughs> tv brain exactly all right so let's go ahead and continue on once again guys if you want to send in your super chats or your humper chats or your twitch donations whatever they may be you can go ahead and do those because we are following along and i am getting all of those information it's also the best way for you to get your opinion heard on here or your question whatever it is we got a couple more that i want to read this one is from a jj thank you so much to jj who's always a very kind uh, he sends in a humper chat saying well that was a fun uh show love seeing all the nostalgia a newsworthy show shark boy winning the reverse battle royal is a top highlight all hail 20 years of tna impact wrestling you are a fun silly wacky promotion and i love it i think that's been you know since we kind of brought this up and i feel this is in theme of the night uh joel how how what was your process in terms of like getting involved and actually starting to watch impact wrestling like what was your time period etc so I drift in and out, but I did watch them from the very beginning. I did watch some of the Wednesday pay-per-views, and then I followed them on the Fox Sportsnet. Of course, in Canada, we didn't have it on Fox Sportsnet, but with there was like ESPN Classics Canada. Either way, we were able to watch it. I followed them to Spike. I watched on Destination America. I, I did keep up with Pop TV and so on and so forth. I I never like latched on until a Canadian company owned the damn promotion. <laughs> that's when i was like oh they're down the street now i guess i can really dig in but i also i always enjoyed it and i always like had a soft spot for tna i remember when when impact relaunched under the anthem banner they did bound for glory it was 2017 they did it in ottawa canada which is my hometown and i specifically flew home to go watch that show because nice. i really wanted to not only support impact as a canadian brand but i wanted to see what they had in store for their future unfortunately part of their future included alberto patron but it also had a bunch of other really cool wrestlers at the time so that's kind of where my impact fandom has drifted sometimes i've been like mm, i don't need this and other times i've been like i love this company and right now it's on an upswing and it's been consistent that's the good thing. I think the keyword that you said there is consistency because that legitimately is true. I think they've been very consistent with the product. Uh, for me, it was totally different. You did it for Canada. Joel, I did it for a boy. Uh, <laughs> I started dating somebody that was an Impact Wrestling fan. And I grew up a WWE fan, as a lot of people know this. And, you know, there was that period where it was like, oh, you can't watch TNA if you're a WWE fan and screw TNA and this and that. And there was like this beef. And so that's kind of like, where I was like, okay, well, of all these WWE fans hate TNA and I'm a WWE fan that I probably shouldn't be watching TNA, right? But then I I, I, I fell in love. <laughs> I, I developed a massive crush and the guy did that I was dating did not watch WWE at all. Uh, instead, watched Impact Wrestling. And so that's why I started watching Impact Wrestling and ended up going out there, going to FYE, buying the DVDs, etc. And and so I started watching in 2007, 2008. Uh, I didn't 
more 2007, like like mid 2007 was when I started watching. But I watched Impact Wrestling out of order because I would go and buy the DVDs and see the stuff like that and then go out and then watch whatever I could, uh, you know, on TV and whatnot. So uh, you did it for Canada. I did it for the boy. Uh, <laughs> we got a story either way. We got another super chat. This one, is, excuse me, a Humphrey chat. This one is from JJ who says, Joel, I called Shark Boy winning the reverse battle royal. He did. JJ did. I, I said it was going to be either Steve Macklin in a very dominating fashion. And then he comes out and confronts Josh Alexander, like we talked about, or it was going to be Swingman. It was one of those two. Shark Boy was not on my list. I thought he was just going to be part of it. And that's it. So and JJ, we got, got it. Sorry, we got a Humphrey chat here. This one is from Nicholas Starhart, who says, my wrestling introduction was 2009 TNA. AJ Styles hit a Pele kick on Matt Morgan, and I've been hooked ever since. Sam Slammiversary was the biggest feel-good wrestling event since the Brody Lee Memorial Show and cemented Impact as 2022's leading company. Well, that's actually, see, you know, I get what he means by this comment, but I feel like you can't compare the two shows because it was some two totally different things, right? Two totally uh, different atmospheres and just everything in general was different but i get what he means by just like the overall excite not not excitement the overall uh just being interested in what was happening in your television i guess i don't know how yeah, else to describe that they're both celebrations of life it just so happens one is the life of a promotion and the other one is a life of someone who unfortunately passed away but it was still a celebration nonetheless i i kind of get what they're saying but i but i agree it's it's kind of apples and oranges Right, right, exactly, exactly. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into this main show, everybody, because we got plenty to get into. Uh, one of the most exciting types of matches that you can watch, it is the Ultimate X match for the Impact X Division Championship. Ace Austin uh, defending his championship against Trey Miguel, Kenny King, Mike Bailey, Andrew Everett, who replaced uh, Jack Evans because Jack Evans got hurt at on GCW. He did a 630, landed on the back of his head, so he's, uh, you know, couldn't make today's match so Andrew Everett was the replacement for him and I'll just start off by saying that right off the bat when they announced him as a replacement I'm like dude okay based on what I know of Andrew Everett you know former uh former uh impact tag team champion uh I knew that he was going to be, you know, not a bad replacement whatsoever. And once we actually talk about this match, you'll know exactly why, because he did a hell of a job. And then also Alex Zane as well. Uh, so let's go ahead and jump into this match, man. I mean, when it comes to the Ultimate X, I want to point out a couple of spots, and then we'll actually talk a little bit more in depth about it. But uh, we ended up seeing Mike Bailey get the win. The way that he got the win, uh, he ended up doing, there was this really crazy moment where he did the, uh, the head scissors takedown from the top of the ultimate X to to freaking Andrew. That was freaking insane, Joel, like nuts. But other moments that we saw throughout this match, we saw a really beautiful moonsault from Mike Bailey right off the bat, followed by another moonsault from Alex Zane, which was really great. Ace Austin doing the Fosbury flop. Uh, we saw, Jesus, just so much stuff. Andrew doing a like springboard torneo onto all the guys. Mike Bailey doing the Ultimo Weapon um, off the top of the Ultimate X. The Canadian Destroyer off the top rope from uh, 
from Trey to Alex Zane. It was just a lot of different spots, a lot of really big moments. I think the key thing in these Ultimate X, and they've kind of always been like this, but specifically for tonight, I do want to say that this was an exemplary example of the kind of athleticism and the level at which we're at because everything that was executed here was really hard, difficult stuff, and it was all crisp and just executed so well. Um, so with that being said, Joel, uh, who were the standouts for you in this match? How did you feel about Andrew as the uh, replacement? And thoughts on Mike Bailey essentially winning, and this was uh, you know, the first major title change that we saw for the night. So first of all, big ups to Andrew Everett because he did step in completely cold, last second, unexpected. And also kudos to Tom Hannafin and Matt Raywalt on commentary for putting over the fact that Andrew Everett is a former uh, Impact Tag Team Champion. Because if people didn't know that, then there's kind of like a, well, what is this? what's this guy about? If you don't know Andrew Everett, then that's an extra piece for you to latch onto when it comes to Impact history, because that's what this whole show was about, right? Uh, in terms of spots, I mean, listen, I'll, there was a spot where Trey's on the lines and then as he's trying to go across the line, Alexane grabs him and goes for a powerbomb, kind of yanks him down. But then Trey reverses that, kind of King, Kenny King then flips in and hits a blockbuster. And it was like this tag team blockbuster from Zane and Kenny King on Trey Miguel. And it looked really good early in the match. Stuff like that just makes Ultimate X that much more fun. I feel bad for Kenny King because Kenny King's been in so many Ultimate X matches and people are just not talking about Kenny King and Ultimate X. He's he's just stuck. He is. <laughs> Wait, did you say stuck or suck? Stuck. With oh, team. okay. I wasn't sure. I'm I like, don't I don't know if you said <laughs> not at all. I think Kenny okay, King just is clarifying, a clarifying. No, I believe I am the last person to be like, this guy sucks. Because guess what? If I get in the ring, my ass ain't gonna survive. So I <laughs> I respect the people who do it. Uh, but either way, you talked about the Canadian destroyer. I have to shout it out, Canadian here. Um I do love that at one point I heard the referees in the in my ears being like, five minutes to go. So I'm just like, oh, all right, we're getting time cues now. Uh, upside down slaps from Speedball to Ace Austin. And I love Andrew Everett going topside. I thought it's smart. Everyone has to do that in Ultimate X. Don't just climb. Eventually, you can kind of, you know, go up top and have the advantage. Uh, I didn't expect Mike Bailey to win. I really didn't expect him to win. I thought that Mike Bailey was going to have a series of matches with Ace Austin and win in a singles match. I did not expect it to be this way. And now Ace Austin is 0-3 in Ultimate X. And if I'm Ace Austin, I never want to be in another Ultimate X match. That's how Good I point. Yeah. Good point there. But I feel here's the thing, though. I think that having Mike Bailey actually win this to me was the right call because Mike Bailey, ever since, you know, he came back and he's, you know, able to wrestle once again in the States. I mean, the second he came back into Impact Wrestling and, you know, I remember he did that pre-show match in his uh, or in his, you know, debut there and it was phenomenal. And then since then, in the last I don't know how long it's been now, several months he's been I mean, I see this guy everywhere. You know, I'm always doing juicy shows. Uh, I've called so many of his matches, seeing him there. And I will tell you, this guy, it doesn't matter if there's, you know, uh, a couple hundred people in the building, if there's a thousand people in the building, this guy goes out there and he literally gives it a uh, 
full speed, he gives it all that he's got, like 1,000% of the, the effort. It doesn't change with the crowd. It doesn't change with the with the um, the size, the venue, the promotion. It doesn't change. The guy goes out there and he freaking works hard. And he also has a really incredible mind for wrestling. Uh, if yeah. you ever get the chance to talk to him, he's really smart and puts a lot of thought into what he does and puts a lot of thought into like the psychology aspect of wrestling too, which I think is pretty uh, freaking cool. And so I feel like I've garnered this like massive respect for Bailey, especially seeing a more so of his work in the uh, independent scene. So just to kind of uh, see him get this, like, I don't want to say reward because he really, I think put in the work and he deserved it. And to see him, especially the, all of the, the awesome moments that he had in this ultimate X, it felt, um, I legitimately felt that it was a, a well-earned spot for him to win this match. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying speedball doesn't deserve the X division championship. I a hundred percent think he does. I'm just so used to seeing him in matches that are either singles or I just, I wanted a more definitive win because there's too many ways for him to say, or for other people to say, you wouldn't have won it if you faced me or if it wasn't a gimmick match or if it wasn't this or it wasn't that I wanted Mike Bailey's win to be a definitive win. And when he gets that win, I think that will cement him further because you're right. He is having the run of a lifetime ever since he was able to come back into the U.S., leave Canada. I've been very lucky. I've been able to watch him for the last five years. I've been able to see him at my at my locals or if I travel to a different indie, I could watch him. So I'm a little bit more used to Mike Bailey. But now to watch him flourish on the, uh, the independence outside of Canada and with impact, that's huge. And he deserves it. I just thought that it would be a little further down the line. Not bound for glory, maybe even as soon as against all odds in a one-on-one match. Now we have to balance out who's going to be his first challenger. Is it going to be Ace Austin? Is Trey Miguel? This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 
91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. About to maybe turn. He's had the Venom gear on tonight. It would work for Trey versus Mike Bailey. They just had a really good match last week on Impact. I want to see what we do first with Mike Bailey. And hopefully it's not just Ace Austin gets a rematch. <laughs> no, and I wouldn't have a problem with that if they did the, you know, Ace Austin gets the rematch. But I'm glad that you mentioned Trey Miguel because he was obviously someone to me that was also a standout during this Ultimate X match. And, uh, you know, I feel like things have it, – it's crazy because at one point, like when you had the split up of the Rascals, you kind of thought for a second, like, oh, maybe he got like the, the not-so-great end of the stick, right? But now, as you see how things have sort of worked out, it seems like things worked out for the best for him. And so to kind of see what he's been doing now, I really like – you know, the contacts and everything that he was just bringing to the table today, I thought was really damn good. So I am excited for his future as well here today. Um, but before we continue on, guys, let us know, how did you feel about the Ultimate X? How did you feel about some of the other stuff that you saw in today's show? Uh, please help support Fightful. If at any point you want to get your question, your comment, or your statement right on the show, you are more than welcome to send in a super chat. You can send those in directly here on YouTube, or you can also send one over. Uh, you can send in a Humper chat and get your Humper chat red and we will make sure to pull that up on today's show uh, we actually have a couple here that I want to go ahead and pull up right now uh, this is another one from JJ who actually sent uh, five bits on Twitch thank you so much to JJ who says Denise and Joel give me a shell yeah you want to go first Joel oh, yeah I'll do, I can't it, do too. it too loud. <laughs> Why can't you do it? Oh, do you have somebody sleeping there? <laughs> I may have a little tiny human sleeping, not next to me, just but just a little tiny human. Just a little tiny human. All right. <laughs> we have another super chat from uh, Hector Rodriguez who says, I was watching Slammiversary on Fight TV, and thanks have thank heavens. It was such a difference in quality and production compared to Fight's Triple Mania show last night. Uh, I don't know if you got to see that, Joel, but it was kind of a mess. <laughs> okay. So, um, <laughs> I got to say, so Hector is both right and there's something I have to point out when it comes to Impact. And I did it on Twitter too. Impact is better than AAA. Don't get me wrong. The production is better there. However, if you're watching Impact, there's the hard camera. The hard camera, there's this thing called white balancing for people who don't know. And it, it, white balancing a camera, especially when you have multiple cameras, is the idea that every picture, if you're going from one camera to the other to the other, they all look the same. The camera shots all look the same in terms of how the, the colors look, how the, the, the contrast or the brightness looks. Everything is uniform. Impact, for some reason, doesn't white balance their cameras. So the hard camera is this like dark, tingy orange, and then the, the side cameras that are roving around ringside are this brighter, uh, like in the middle of a bar, type of camera go back and watch even on the weekly tv they just they it's an easy fix for god's sake impact i know some of you are watching this if you're in production or the wrestling team please just go to the director and say white balance the cameras it's such an easy fix i i used to harp on the audio issues now i have to harp on the video because they started fixing the audio i harped on De i'm sorry i'm gonna do this for a second i harped on diana perrazzo's entrance music i said it sounded lo-fi and i and i called out mac who did the music and mac i think i'm pretty sure he, he saw it and he fixed that damn music because now diana's music actually sounds like it's 2022 and not 1958 the, the coming out of a little there. walk man yeah exactly it sounds so much bigger it sounds fuller it got better i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say i did this but i'm saying i brought this up i heard the change i'm happy that it happened and i yeah. hope it happens again 
That's how it works. You know, that's how it works. You know, these people, they're off, they're out there, they're really on social media, they're going on these post shows, they're seeing what the people are saying. Uh, you, you know, I think you know, Joel, but people are fully aware of what goes on in these post shows, uh, especially these people, you know, working at these promotions, etc. They're fully aware of what's being said, uh, not just on shows, but also on social media, because you got it, you got to go see what's working with your fan base. And then along the lines, you see Joel Pearl telling the people to white balance. <laughs> By the way, Matt Coon is an incredible artist. I'm not taking shots at Matt Coon. He's really great. I just want yeah. people to know that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, guys, let's go ahead and continue on from here because after this, we got our next match on the main card. And this was for the Impact Knockouts Tag Team Championships. We had the influence Madison Rain and Tennille Dashwood defending their championship bouts against Rosemary and Taya Valkyrie. So um, we ended up getting brand new Impact Knockouts Champion, another title change here tonight uh, with the team of uh, Rosemary and Taya. Now, Rosemary and Taya, for the most part, they've always been associated in some shape or format but regardless they are still two very different competitors two very different uh, in-ring person uh, personalities but they work together pretty damn well like even though they're polar uh opposites they 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 mesh together very very nicely uh so i am excited to see them both together uh you know as an official impact knockouts tag team champions but the one thing that i do want to mention is that this match i thought it was a perfectly fine match but i think what really helped this match a little bit more because it wasn't like best match of the night or anything like that for me but I think what helped this match is that all four of these women are are over and sometimes when you have characters that are over they can really kind of take a simple match and make it a little bit more extra special just legitimately because of their star power or whether or not their fan favorites with the crowds etc so for me this match was like okay but i think the fact that they have uh that they're over with the crowd kind of made it a little bit better like it was perfectly fine especially following the uh following the ultimate x match i think it was the perfect way to uh lead up that match uh so with that being said uh joel how did you feel about this match how do you feel about uh rosemary and taya as champions etc so i agree with you the match wasn't there to be match of the night it was a perfectly serviceable match uh the knockouts tag division could be better it feels like, so Ty and Rosemary were in the initial knockouts tag team uh, championship. It was a tournament and it was a short tournament, but at the time Taya was leaving. So they didn't really have much space for her. And it felt like because Taya was leaving, they just stuck her with Rosemary. And then she was out in the first round and then they played out who shot Johnny Bravo. And then Taya was arrested, yada, yada, yada. This is feeling like the make good for what they maybe had planned, which was Taya and Rosemary having those knockouts tag titles. Influence were a great tag team. I mean, Madison Rain is a very underrated women's wrestler. I, well, wrestler in general, forget gender. Madison Rain, um, I never understood the the allure. Yeah, that Sorry. looks about right. <laughs> that <laughs> I, was I an never, accident. <laughs> it's okay. I never stood the, understood the allure with her, but eventually I came to figure it out with her. Uh, and Tennille is just solid. So I know you said this, Denise, on Twitter. I will say it as, as well. Ty Valkyrie is having a banner weekend. She went to Tijuana. She challenged Thunder Rosa. She's going to have a match with Thunder Rosa in, in AAA. And then she went over to, to Nashville and she won herself a knockouts tag title. So now she's holding Reina de Reinas. I'm sorry, I'm gonna, I can't roll my R's very well. Come uh, on, Joel. Come on. Reina put the, de Reinas. Put, put some effort into it. Here's Reina de Reinas. I, I exaggerated a little bit. I don't usually say it like that. You see, I'm Jewish. <laughs> so for me, it'll sound like Reina de Reinas. <laughs> no, that, that's Come on, good. Joel. <laughs> 
Nope, I can do. <laughs> I can give you That's the amazing. <laughs> you should be like you should do the do the, your Canadian Latin lover. The can we talk about your French commentary, love? We can talk about it. Hey, it sounded pretty great, man. Uh, I mean, I, it was totally. It, it sounded pretty alluring. You gotta say credit yeah, to the true. French commentary team. It's people are saying, good. "Do it again, Joel." By the way, people want to hear you row those R's, uh, man. Uh, Give us a little, like a little claw. Give us a little you, shoulder. You want to do that? Do you want to do the, the Homer Simpson? The, I can't do it right now. My throat's dry. Anyway. Excuses, excuses. That's what I got tonight. Uh, so yeah, so so Ty is now holding those three championships, including the MLW Featherweight Championship. She's the new belt collector. Move over, Deanna Peraza. So this is good. Uh, I love her, Taya's bottom rope slide out German suplex. It's smooth. It's great. Anyone can take it, and it's so easy. And then I really love. There was a spot where Rosemary was going for a spear and gets cut in half by a Tennille Dashwood drop kick. Stuff like that is so easy. And meanwhile, the collab as a move is very dumb, but it's very effective. So I have to put it over. Uh, and at the end of the day, you know, these two hold the tag titles, but I think the big question, Denise, what the hell's Havoc going to do? I don't know. What are you thinking? I think what would you like her to do? I think she's going to come in and be like, Oh, what's this? And she's just going to play jealous, <laughs> you know, jealous partner and be like, I, jealous I, I, ex, jealous yeah. ex, jealous yeah. ex. Like, yeah, I think that that would be kind of cool. Actually. I'd, I'd sign up for that. I think that's where we're going. But again, we'll see what happens because Havoc's been off TV since she lost to Masha Slamovich. And this is the opportunity for Ty and Rosemary to tell some sort of story with the Knockouts tag titles. I love it. I love it. All right, guys, we're going to go ahead and move on. But before we do, just a friendly reminder, guys, uh, please help support Fightful. Please help support Joel and myself here. Uh, make sure we don't get canceled. Go ahead and send in a super chat or a humper chat so that I can go back and tell Sean, you know what? We did a good job today. Or Sean's going to be like, screw you, Denise. You can't do these shows anymore. Uh, so please make sure you guys send some love in. Again, send in some super chats or some humper chats, and we will make sure uh, to read those. And we do have uh, Luis here who is monitoring all of those and at putting them in a really nice little file for us to pull up when we have a chance to read them uh, as it pertain to what we're talking about on the show. So make sure you guys go ahead and do that. Now, let's go into, Joel, one of the things we were talking about today was we were all going to have different favorite matches of the night <laughs> and this and that. So uh, I'm going to start off. The lead into this next match was my match of the night. It was my favorite match. And I think a lot of people are going to be like, oh, well, that was a little bit unexpected. No, I freaking loved this match. I'm sorry, but I need to nerd out for this next one. And it was the Monsters Ball match. It was Moose versus Sammy Callahan. And I have a million things to say. Uh, Jesus Christ, where do I begin? First and foremost, I am so, so freaking stoked that they brought back the original concept of the Monsters Ball, having the guys uh, essentially locked in a room for 24 hours, no food, no drinks, no lights. So when they come out, they're like, you know, trying to get their eyes open. It's affecting them. They're a little bit disoriented. So, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, that's supposed to play mind games with you and all of that good stuff. Make you come out like a savage. I loved it. Um, There was so much, especially a lot of little things that 
that they did in this match that I, I kind of want to shout out a little bit. But uh, I'm so glad that they got this match started off really uh, quickly with Sammy attacking Moose during his entrance. That's the way to go, man. You've been locked in a room for 24 hours. Let's get this. Let's get this freaking going. I loved that. Um, Sammy instantly brought out the sheet pants and was hitting Moose like a, like a freaking drum kit. I mean, he was just going after him. And prior to this match, I, I, I was thinking, Joel, and I'm like, okay, legitimately, if you've been locked in a room with no food, no water, no light, and you're about to come out and literally fight for your life here, uh, what would make sense to me? And I thought, well, if I was in this match, if I was a wrestler, just putting two and two together, what would I do? You know what? If I saw somebody with food out in the crowd, I would take it. And I literally, I was watching, I was watching the show with my fiance and I told them, I'm like, dude, they need to have either Sammy or Moose go out there. And if a fan has like a drink or something, they need to take it. That just makes sense to me. So whatever, we're watching the match. And then Moose did it. Moose did the spot that I was waiting for where he went and he grabbed some girls like food or drink or something. And he took it from her. And I'm like, that makes sense to me this is a fight this is a war uh you're gonna need all the tools necessary you need to hydrate you need to eat um that makes a lot of sense to me but uh there were some really great moments in this uh sammy callahan putting moose through the trash uh inside the trash bin uh bringing <laughs> out the barbed wire door uh after this there was a moment where Moose slipped at the top rope. Uh, but I kind of like this. Like in the beginning, if it would have been any other match, any other story, you would have been like, oh, that sucks. He slipped, you know, right? Like you fucked up. But this made sense to the story and the fact that the guy is disoriented. And then Sammy comes from behind and just pushes Moose into a table. I think it was the timekeeper's table that I forgot was even there. So that moment when all of a sudden he just finds himself like face flat into this table. Oh my God, I freaking love that. Then Sammy Callahan brings out the thumbtacks. Then there's a moment where Moose does the sky high and then afterwards he starts dragging Sammy Callahan's body all over the thumbtacks. I freaking love that too. Um, He's pulling them out of his but at one point, Moose thought that was great, too. And then uh, Sammy power bombs Moose uh, onto the trash can. But this was a lot more impactful because that trash can was upright. So the angle of which his back and how it hit the trash can was absolutely brutal. Hits him with the pile driver. Uh, Moose no sells it. And at this point, you kind of pick up the steam of this match. And then finally, Sammy wins after he gets the barbed wire bat. He hits um, Moose with the uh, with the barbed wire bat on both the back and the ribs. And then another pile driver for the actual win here. So um, Joel, did you love this match as much as I did? And how do you feel about uh just how you felt about it overall denise your bloodlust knows no bounds <laughs> is it obvious i'm like thirsty i'm like <laughs> blood what has gcw done to you <laughs> what have they done no this match was really good and i think you i think you nailed it on the head one of the best things about it is that they spent the storytelling aspect on the 20 the 24 hours in solitude and they also showed uh you know moose and sammy being locked into those uh into their respective areas they did that on socials i saw them i loved it it was moose was so freaked out taking off his jacket taking off his shirt handing it to the security guard doing all the nice things and sammy was just like now nah, let me in here and he's freaking out and then they show just before the match sammy's uh doing this thing where he's he's acting out the match and he goes for his cactus driver and he's like, he's pretending to do it. And then he's pretending as if he can't lift up Moose. And that comes into play later in the match. Like little stuff like that comes back into play. And I appreciated that. Same thing with the food and drink. Moose going and stealing someone's hot dog. 
Moose ain't eating no hot dog, but at that moment, it doesn't matter. He's got to eat something. He's got to. And the water, too. I'm surprised Moose didn't grab a mic. He's like, I need a minute. I got to go take a piss. And then just like walk out to the concessions and be like, where's the bathroom? Where's the bathroom? And Sammy just sit in the ring and tell jokes. Instead, we got the match. Um, Moose spearing himself into a fairgrounds trash can was a very hilarious touch. They didn't use like the metal trash can. They went for a fairgrounds trash can and they absolutely meant to do that. Denise, have you ever been like tossed into a trash can and like tilted upside down? Um, I can guarantee you that I that has never happened to me in my life. Joel, I have a rule. I don't even park near trash cans. I don't sit next to a trash can. I don't go anywhere near a trash can. I find trash cans utterly and completely disgusting. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So yeah, if you're going to be in a trash can, that's probably the one you want to be in and not the metal one. Uh, Moose wearing white pants for this was perfect. Again, you want to show off the blood. It was just such a good, solid match. I didn't know what to expect because Moose sometimes does it for me, sometimes doesn't. Sammy Callahan was getting so bland for me before he got hurt that him coming back, this match actually made me want to give a damn about Sammy Callahan. So I enjoyed the match overall. I like the storytelling. I like that it took three Cactus Driver 97s to do it, including on the tax and then the powerbomb onto the stupid uh, trash can. Moose going for low blows. Like everything worked. The match was great. It was so much better than I think anyone had any business thinking it would be. So I here's the thing, though, Joel. I do have to mention though, because uh, you know, talking about Moose, I and I tweeted this out too. I think like ever since his, uh, you know, he first won the Impact World Championship, uh, he legitimately started this run of his life, and he's kind of continued it. Like every single match that he's been in, to me that I've seen, has been very, very good, and they've all been very, very different. So I, I just, I mean, I already stated my reasons as to why I love this match, but this was legitimately match of the night for me, and I didn't think necessarily that this match. Was going to be the match of the night for me, especially on paper. I figured, oh, maybe it might be the Ultimate X, it might be the Queen of the Mountain match, uh, or you know, the main event. Uh, but no, it really legitimately ended up being this one. I just love the story and the, the little finer details that they put in there. But we got a bunch of super chats in this one, so thank you guys. Let's see what people are saying. Um, let's start off with M.A. Sokol, who says, I'm finally in a class action suit on behalf of everyone who's had concessions stolen <laughs> by Moose. <laughs> Is he stealing a big bag of popcorn from the concession? <laughs> I need this. I need this so bad. Exactly. Exactly. Jesus Garcia sends in a very generous super chat saying, I uh, love Moose selling that he was locked up for 24 hours when he got the food and water from a fan. I popped. This was my match of the night. So happy Sammy is back. Keep up the great work. See, Jesus, we're vibing, man. This was match of the night. Like it had me all sorts. Like I, I, like, I think everybody, uh, you know, uh, Joel, for you, well, how do you know your match of the night? Do you go for like the, the very best in terms of like technical in ring? Do you go for like story what kind of fan are you technical like you got a little bit of everything i'm a story guy and i okay. talk about this on other podcasts as well i'm not a do the moves guy i'm very much a guy who wants to see how the storytelling plays out which is why sometimes wwe can be a very uh bothersome activity for me but no it's your favorite it. show joel don't lie to the people I, i'm also the type of person who'll sit through it because i can find something to either make fun of or i can find little plot holes that i like to poke fun at but with with impact they're not perfect by any means but oftentimes their stories work uh, i remember at bound for glory last year when i people still hate me to this day for doing this i said weeks out i said oh i know what's happening 
I said, Josh Alexander's winning the title and Moose is going to win the Call Your Shot gauntlet and immediately cash in and win. And when it happened, people were like, what is wrong with you? How did you manifest this? And I said, it's just storytelling. Like it's, it's not time for Josh Alexander to be champion yet. So the idea was that he's got to chase more. And eventually it all played out and it worked perfectly because at Rebellion, he won that title and people were over the moon excited. And it took some time and it took some really good storytelling, but they got there. And that again is one of the strong points of Slammiversary, or not Slammiversary, of Impact Wrestling is that they will let things kind of play out a little bit longer. They'll let you wait on it. There's again, some stuff tonight where I was like, really, tonight? Why not down the road? But I mean, I'll trust it because they haven't led me astray in this iteration in a while. Exactly, exactly. We got another super chat. This one is from Mad Mercenary, uh, very generous as well, who says, Savage Mode, Denise has arrived. Love this match as well. Moose keeps his streak of pay-per-view bangers going. Yeah, I, I'm. that's exactly where I was getting at, too. He's got those streak of pay-per-view bangers, just like Mad Mercenary put it. Uh, good for him, man. Honestly, good for him, because, you know, those are the things that you're going to look back in your career, and you're going to be like, you know what, that period shit, I was doing such a great freaking job. And those are things that people remember. And, you know, depending on how things go in a couple of years, I think this is definitely something that we're going to be talking about. Um, we got another super chat. This one is from Hector Rodriguez, who says GCW turned Denise into a bloodthirsty <laughs> monster. I think I was always that person. It's just that now I feel more comfortable uh, allowing my true self to come out. Respect. Exactly. Uh, we got another super chat from Sheldon Jackson who says, Slammiversary 2022, the night of babyface victories, except them boys, of course, but overall a really good show. Um, we got a couple more super chats that I want to read. This one is from C. Romero who says, I was there live, crazy good show, top to bottom with a lot of nostalgia. Biggest shock of the night was AJ Styles running. Thank you, Impact. I've been a fan since I found them on FS1 in 2004. And we'll talk about uh, AJ Styles in just a hot second. Uh, we actually you know what let's just talk about it right now why not you know c romero paid his money let's do this um so let's talk about aj styles we um throughout the night that had been playing like little video packages of uh you know people that made a big impact in impact and uh we had sting and you know he came out and said a couple of words and another person that ended up coming out was uh, AJ Styles in this video. Uh, and in the video, you know, he talks about impact and, you know, just, you know, giving a little bit of that history, et cetera. But then he closes it out by basically saying, uh, you know, I want to thank WWE for letting me do this and because they knew how much this meant to me. So with that being said, Joel, uh, were you surprised that we got an actual uh, AJ Styles video where he's sharing this message directly to the people today? I was, and then I wasn't. So when I saw him walk around and sit down, I was like, this is great. It shows that WWE is letting him do this. He even thanked WWE and said, let me, this was important. They let me do this. I thought that was important. Um, and then I thought about the times when AJ was doing stuff like Table for Three, and they were showing footage from Impact and thanking Impact Wrestling for allowing them to use the footage. And I said, okay, there's, there's a, a happy partnership there. And Jeff Jarrett works for the company, so... There's some sort of, it, it, it's okay. Um, but I was happy to see J AJ Styles on that show. I thought it was the right person to represent his time in TNA and also to just represent what he's done since he's left the company because he's clearly had major success outside of TNA, but TNA started him on that journey. So it was a really, really welcome surprise. Were you shocked to see him? 
I, I don't think I was. It was more so like, oh, this is really cool. But I wasn't necessarily shocked because, again, like you mentioned, there had been like, you know, opportunities like this where you did seem some, you know, some work and some collaboration between WWE and Impact Wrestling. And I think the most recent and the most obvious one, and a lot of people were bringing it up, was the Mickey James thing where Mickey James went out and, you know, she did the Royal Rumble, etc. cetera. Uh, she didn't have to do it, but she did. You, you know, she could have easily been like, no, nah, they did me dirty. I'm not going to do it. But she saw this in a completely different way. And so I think it was more so of like, you know what? You did us a favor here. Uh, he, and I think that kind of, it, it makes it a little bit easier, I think, for them to say like, you know what? Yeah, go out there and do it. Like, it's cool with us, you know? So I thought it was a really nice thing to do. It was a nice little just moment where you had AJ Styles say a couple of words. It was awesome. I don't know what else to say. It was great. It's their way of getting back for having the rock do the induction for Ken's Shamrock a few years ago. That's what it was. Exactly, exactly. Uh, we got another super chat. This one is from Hector Rodriguez, who says, if AAA can get a good production crew for October 15th, it could equal impact showing tonight. Uh, yeah, and I mean, like, the production in terms of, like, uh, the live event setting, it's great. It's just, you know, we were talking about this uh, yesterday, myself and Carlos. Really, there's just a couple of things they need to tweak. It's not even that much. It's just, you know, letting us hear what the crowd is, you know, how the crowd is reacting, mic up the crowd. And if I purchase the Spanish commentary, please, I do not want to hear the English commentary in the background. Uh, it's that simple. Uh, it really wasn't even too much that I would say that they have to legitimately change. Were they piping in the Spanish announced team to the crowd? Because it sounded like it was coming out of the, the ballpark speakers. I think they are, but for me, but for me, it was different because I was listening to the Spanish commentary, but I gotcha. could hear the English commentary in the background. And then, so, you, so yeah, I was hearing English commentary That's in the weird. background, okay. right? So I shouldn't be able to. And even when they showed the, uh, like the, the, the announcers in the booth, the English announcers weren't there. So like they were in separate booths. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's not like they were, they were right there. next to each, if they were to like right next to each other, then I'd be like, okay, it makes a little bit more sense. Right. But no, they're not. <laughs> no, I I think they're doing like New Japan during the pandemic and having like Chris Charlton in his basement of his mom's house and Kevin Kelly in like, you know, another room in another world doing the commentary. That's how it looked or how it sounded to me with with uh, AAA. Yeah. Right, exactly, exactly. All right, guys, let's go ahead and move on from here. Uh, we got a couple more matches to talk about. So let's go ahead and get into the fourth match. And again, friendly reminder, guys, send in your super chats, send in your humper chats, your Twitch donations, whatever they may be, and we will get those read here on this show. Um, uh, the fourth match of the main card was the Impact World Tag Team Championship matches was the Briscoes uh, versus the Good Brothers. And uh, let's go ahead and get right into this. Uh, I think for me, Joel, I, I really like the pacing of this match. I legitimately, this was a, this was a high intensity match that's what it was uh but i wasn't expecting uh, a title change here uh what did you think in terms of the match itself and were you surprised to see the good brothers uh win the impact uh, tag team champions very shocked i i was expecting the briscoes to hold on to the title the the tag titles at least until bound for glory i thought that this would be an a layup for them to to retain Good Brothers, the, the contracts, uh, wh whether or not they're done, that's been up in the air for a while. They can easily change all of this when they do the tapings tomorrow night. But, you know, overall, the match was solid. These two teams know how to work. They're very, very good tag teams. And, like, the Good Brothers have this reputation for phoning it in, especially when it comes with impact. But they didn't do that tonight. And when they do that and when they start working to their potential – that's when I'm like, oh, shit, they're going to win. <laughs> so next thing you know, they, they win. And it's a great, listen, a great match for both teams. 
I say this on the Impact Post show. If anyone knows or has a line on where I can get that Good Brothers jacket, that Bullet Club jacket, just let me know because it's really badass. I really want one. But anyway, the rest of the match, it was really good. Uh, I really love that at one point, commentary points out, is that Jay Briscoe's dread in the ring? They rip off part of his hair, his dreadlocks. And then at the end of the, sh- the, the end of the match, Jay Briscoe's left on his own. He's got to fight for his own. He can't fight back because he's got two tag team champion wrestlers going after him and magic killer one two three new champions it's easy as that but the match itself was good i like that they did a little brawling before they got back into the ring and actually did the match because it actually added to the match everything before that the build was all about you know can the good brothers hack it are they just uh doing it once or twice and now the good brothers are going to be absolutely obnoxious with their new tag team championships Exactly. And I think here's the thing. I haven't, how have you been feeling about the Good Brothers performances as of late on Impact? Because I feel like it's been okay. I wouldn't say like, oh my God, it's been super groundbreaking or anything like that. And to me, this kind of felt like one of their better matches in quite a bit of time. Commentary this past week, it was funny, but it took away from the tag match for uh, Jay White and Chris Bay versus the Briscoes. That was my opinion. Cresta, my co-host, felt otherwise. She thought it was fine. The week before that with the chicken farm uh, segments, perfect. Knocked it out of the park. Super fun. Really, really good segments. And then you can tell that they spent the day being creative and having fun. That's good. I, I think the Good Brothers are best when they're having fun, as most people are. Uh, The week before that, they did the face-to-face where they did their top 10 uh, Good Brothers moments. And they just kept saying, you know, number number five, beat the Briscoes. Number four, beat the Briscoes. And they just kept replaying it until they get to number one. And number one was beat the Briscoes. And at first I was like, this is stupid. And then I started laughing. I'm like, okay, fine. It's actually pretty funny. So I'm, I'm okay with the Good Brothers. I just know that when they fight... It's usually like there's there's no way about it. They're either really, really good or they're really, really not. And when they're really, really good, that means that something good's coming their way. Exactly. Yeah. I, it, it makes it a little bit more obvious, maybe like, oh, they got their working shoes on today. It's for a reason. And for some reason, you know, <laughs> this renewed Bullet Club thing is working for everyone except for Ace Austin. So here we are. We got a super chat here from Ricardo the Mark who says, love for step post and half of Team Joe Star. Thank you so much to Ricardo for sending in this very kind and generous super chat. Um, before we continue on, guys, so uh, here's the thing. You guys already know this because we talk about it all the time. But legitimately, if you have not yet subscribed to FightfulSelect.com, what are you waiting for? Seriously, there is constant news being broken. So much stuff, uh, so much insight, so much depth and all of these wrestling news stories. If you're really into the news, especially when it comes to wrestling and you also want additional shows, head on over to FightfulSelect.com and subscribe. Now, here's the thing. I'm on the website right now. We are about to hit 7000 thousand patrons on fightfulselect.com we are at 6957 7000 is about to be there just a little bit more so if you haven't subscribed to fightfulselect.com i don't know what you're waiting for be the first to get all of the latest new all of the latest and breaking news and again those additional shows that are on fightfulselect.com uh so go there and make sure you guys subscribe Follow Wait, Denise, all of that good stuff. Denise, what? Denise, how many people are currently subscribed to FIFA Select? 6,957. So Do 6, the math because I'm bad at math. No, no, no. It's fine. It's not about how many. I, I don't even care about the 7,000. 7,000 is great. Let's get to 7,000. But what I want to see before the end of tonight is 6,969 patrons. 
Okay. I want to oh, see. His, I yeah. want that double 69. 69, 69, double That's right. 69. And I want that double nice. And I now want you to tell them, Sean Ross Sapp, tell Sean Ross Sapp that Joel Pearl sent you <laughs> to that double 69. And then we'll get to 7,000. That'll be fine. That's easy. 7,000 is easy. But how many times do you get 69, 69? Exactly, exactly. Do the math. How many do we need? We need how many people? 6,957 6, to get to 6969? 9, 10, 11? 11 people? Yeah. Sorry, I'm really bad at math. Think I didn't major in math. 6957, okay. we need 12 people. Oh, shit. So it wasn't 11? 12 people. If it's, if it's 50, 6957, this is riveting audio. Do not subscribe to Fightful Select for math, okay? We do other stuff on there. All right. It's, it's really um, nice on Fightful Select. Let's do it. All right. Uh, also, shout out to Dave Rudberg for sending in this very nice, uh, generous super chat as well. We appreciate you. And again, get us to 6969 <laughs> on Fightful Select. I would, uh, thank you. Everybody's out here doing the math for everybody. Thank you, guys. <laughs> you know what? This is why I didn't have to do good in math because y'all do math. So I just asked the people. Um, I'm anyways, I'm going to be keeping an eye out on this throughout the night and seeing if this goes up. But anyways, let's go ahead and continue on here. Uh, and get some good stuff here. We actually have a uh, Humper Chat here that we need to go ahead. And we haven't even talked. Oh, Jesus Christ. You know, we were talking about this and we haven't even brought up America's Most Wanted. Sorry, I'm a terrible host. I know. And it was just, it was like, wait, something's missing here. Um, America's Most Wanted. James Storm, Chris Harris came out immediately following this match. It was a this was like this great moment. Um, they come in. Uh, I think they had like a little bit of like uh, they, had, they had beer, didn't they? Afterwards, and they like put it up there. They yeah, sorry. Chris Harris. I was tweeting. <laughs> I was tweeting, so it was like one of those things where I'm like, ah, you know, writing on my notes and tweeting and all of this stuff. Uh, Joel, how did you feel about this? What was your reaction, etc.? This was wonderful. This was the next best thing that we got because when we talk about the Honor No More versus the TNA Impact OGs, um, my expectation originally until last week was that America's Most Wanted were going to round out the team. So this was the best option presented after Nick Aldis was announced to join the team last week, blah, blah, blah. So seeing America's Most Wanted was great. I mean, they were on the first TNA pay-per-view show, like the first TNA show ever. And it was just great to watch them come out and be like, Cheers to Impact lasting 20 years because people thought they wouldn't last one day, one month, one year, and then they lasted 20 because they're cockroaches in the most loving possible way. And then they say cheers to tag team wrestling because, listen, cheers to tag team wrestling. There's some good shit out there. So there hey, go. Joel, guess hey. what? What? If my math is right, we only need 10 more people on Fightful Select to get yes. 69, 69, only 10. Let's do it 10. tonight. Let's Ten. do it tonight. I literally went up two right now. So unless I'm really it. bad at math, this is happening. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go ahead and get this uh, Humper Chat read. Uh, this is from Valab. Thank you so much to Valab who says, uh, let's see what he says. He goes, your longest reigning Fightful member letting you know that we got Chad two bouts. Guess they're staying with Impact Impact for a bit longer. Thank you so much to Valab for also sending this. Uh, Valab has been a member here on Fightful for 16 months. 16. Wild. Love it. I love that. Thank you so much for sending this in. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and get into the rest of this here. Uh, now let's go ahead and move on to the next match. And this was the 10-man tag. This was Honor No More, which is a team of Eddie Edwards, Vincent, Mike Bennett, Matt Taven, and PCO against the Impact Originals, Alex Shelley, Chris Saban, Frankie Kazarian, Nick Aldis, and Davey Richards, who ended up being uh, the surprise person. He was introduced by Dixie Carter. So before we get into uh, all of this, uh, what did you think of that? Uh, that aspect of it 
I was waiting for one thing, Denise. What was I, it? All, I just wanted to hear trouble, 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 trouble. <laughs> and I just wanted EC3 to show up, but I would but at the same time, I get it. He's probably not gonna show up because EC3 isn't exactly controlling his narrative in TNA. Um yeah. I wasn't for, expecting that too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For the sake of this, let's just call Nick Aldis Brutus Magnus because he was in TNA for the night. And if he's gonna be here, we're gonna call him by his real name. Dude, I thought they were gonna call him Brutus Magnus too. I think they he said absolutely not. <laughs> I was like, come on. That's when I, that's when I discovered him. Like, that's how I knew him as I knew I I've seen more Brutus Magnus than I have Nick Aldis. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's just he was so synonymous with being Brutus Magnus. But like I said, I, I think he's so he so wants to be the national treasure and he wants to be the NWA guy. And he was there. It was fine. Like I said, when they announced him as part of that team, it really just took the wind out of the sails for me. I was I was no longer invested in this match. Wait, when they announced, you ahead. didn't care for Davey Richards coming out? I didn't care for Nick Aldis being announced as the fourth member. Oh, 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 okay, okay, sorry, sorry, I misunderstood yeah, you. I was immediately like, well, this sucks because there's no one that could be like worth the fifth guy because it wasn't going to be a tag team. It wasn't going to be A&W. It wasn't going to be anyone. It was it, maybe, and and again, I'll give this to Cresta. Uh, she brought up the idea that since Nick Aldis was brought in, maybe it's going to be Bully Ray. And then I was like, oh, maybe because of the NWA thing, he just did an NWA shot and Nick Aldis is there. And then Dixie comes out and Dixie and Bully Ray had a thing in TNA. So maybe they can do some sort of hug it out. And then he goes to the ring. It wasn't Bully Ray. I'm glad it wasn't Bully Ray. But also, Davy Richards didn't exactly like light my light my pants on fire. I just kind of said, "Oh, all right, cool, Davy Richards." There's the Wolves. That's nice. They're going to do Eddie Edwards and Davy Richards. That's cool. They're going to do that. But they done that, and it wasn't that hot. So it just felt like it could have been better. What did you think of the whole uh, everything into this thing? I don't disagree. With, I don't disagree with you. I get it. I think for some people, it maybe was a little bit bigger of a deal than for some other people. I thought was perfectly fine because again like you mentioned the whole connection with eddie edwards and just that whole thing and honestly that moment during this because this was this match was chaos okay this match was chaos and that's exactly what these kind of matches tend to be a need to be because there's you know i don't want any rest periods in this 10 man like i just want to keep the pace going i want to see whatever happens to go down but i didn't mind davy richards in this especially because one of my favorite portions of this match was legitimately davy richards and eddie edwards going at it and doing those freaking like strike exchanges i thought were freaking phenomenal and then um so let's kind of run down a little bit about what actually we saw during this match because i mentioned chaos well let me describe what the chaos was actually was i'm just gonna go through a few bullet points not everything because let's be real that's just crazy <laughs> um but we got scott demore first of all he was doing commentary that was cool uh when dixie carter came out it was really nice you know she thanked the talent she thanked the crew the staff the production and pretty much just basically thanked the fans for you know 20 years etc and that's when she brought in uh davy rich some of the highlights for me during this match, uh, obviously PCO is always going to be a, always going to be a highlight because he's somebody that you know PCO isn't human. We know this. Uh, he's always going to do something that's crazy. Uh, he did a. Um, a senton onto the apron and that looked absolutely brutal i mean it's brutal if anybody does it but when it's pco it, it, it hits the mark a little bit higher um i mentioned that moment between uh davy and eddie i really loved all of those kicks from the, from, from uh from davy to eddie's chest i thought that was really good i like the moment where he had uh the double submission where he got um he got uh eddie in the indian death lock and then he got uh taven in the ankle lock and then afterwards you saw 
saw a bunch of other submissions and a bunch of other guys getting locked up each other. So I thought that was really great too. There was an outside moment where we saw Tracy Brooks clothesline the hell out of Maria. I mean, she literally knocked the woman's socks off. It was crazy. Um, Then we need to talk about that Spanish fly on PCO from Frankie Kazarian. It wasn't the most beautifully executed Spanish fly. It, it, it was a little bit clunky, but it, it was still like a, oh crap moment so I think I definitely reacted to that um, we end up seeing Kenny King get involved in this Dilo Brown we see Errol Hebner uh, we see poor Dilo gets up there to do his frog splash and he slips uh, bless his cotton socks it was a little bit embarrassing but he bounced back and he he he, he did his frog splash it was okay um, Errol Hebner ended up actually before he get into the ring there was a moment though where he takes off his glasses and he puts them right there in the ring apron and I'm like with so many people in there all these people please nobody step on his glasses uh he ended up counting the win there it, it, it was something that I thought was chaotic but fun uh Joel how did you feel about all of the madness that occurred during this once this match got underway and once it became this like big nostalgia mess I was okay with it. There was, I originally thought that the stakes were that honor no more. If they lose, they're out. But I guess I was wrong. If this was just a revenge match for impact and that's fine. If that's the case and it's just honor no more can lose. No, that's perfect. Use that one. Uh, if, 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 if it was just honor no more loses and that's it, then sure. Okay. Now honor no more can just be like, forget this. I hate it. Um, I I like Tracy Brooks making an appearance because she's ma married to Frankie Kazarian. Frankie Kazarian doing the flux capacitor on PCO is a wild move, especially when it ends in a 2.9. And uh, just the match itself, it ended up being fun. I didn't I didn't walk in with high expectations after we saw what we saw. Um, one thing I got to shout out, by the way, Scott Damore and Tom talking about Rockstar Spud, who is Drake Maverick, James Curtin, if you will and then calling him a Connecticut stooge who can't publicly say he's watching the show tonight. I had a very good laugh at that. Very fun. <laughs> and then I felt bad for PCO because you had PCO being pinned for a good solid minute while Earl Hebner tries to take off his shirt and glasses and get in the ring to count the three. And I'm like, oh, PCO is now looking like a bitch, not like a monster. <laughs> I felt so bad. I was Overall, so focused on Arrow though for that moment. Yeah, like the, the, the yeah. match was fine. I don't know what it's going to mean in the long term for for Honor No More, but it, it was just what it was. I, I, when they showed Tracy Brooks in the audience, I'm like, she's going to get involved and it's going to be fine. And then they used her perfectly with Maria and then PCO tried to grab her and Frankie saved her. It was the perfect little moment. And then having D'Lo Brown, I felt so bad for him with trying for that low down and not hitting it, but then getting it at the end, that was fine. Uh, and then Kenny King, just, you know, he's the fall guy again. That's it. All right. So for those of you who are wondering, why is Denise pressing all of these random buttons? I was looking for a video and I could not find it anywhere, but I found it and it is time to play. And then when we come back, we still got two more matches to talk about. But here we go. Uh, here is a word from our sponsors. Cameo. What's up, you guys? It's Sean Ross Sapp. I'm not here physically on the show right now. But I still wanted to tell you about how I'm starting my day no matter where I am with delicious Magic Spoon cereal. Zero grams of sugar, 13, 14 grams of protein, only four net grams of carbs in each serving, only 140 calories per serving. Keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb. It is the ultimate 
breakfast food. It's the ultimate snack food, and it's the ultimate food for me to take while I'm traveling. Quick, easy, all the flavors you love. Peanut butter, blueberry, cinnamon, cookies and cream, maple waffle, cocoa, fruity, frosted, all over the place. That cookies and cream and maple waffle are back permanently. And if you go to magicspoon.com slash Fightful, grab a custom bundle of cereal, try it today. Use our promo code FIGHTFUL at checkout to save $5 off your order if you don't like it. They are so confident in their product. It comes with a 100% happiness guarantee. They'll refund your money, no questions asked if you don't like it, but you will. It's perfect before, after workouts as a snack. And my favorite thing about it is you get filled up with one serving. It's not running back and forth to the cupboard to get more Racking up those carbs, racking up those calories. Magicspoon.com slash Fightful. Use that code Fightful. All righty, we are back. And thank God I got through this because I was very scared that I wasn't going to find that video. I was looking for it everywhere. Uh, but we ended up finding it and ended up getting that all settled. Um, okay, so really quickly, guys, uh, I do want to just remind you all, if you do want to help support this show, uh, please, at any point, if you want to get your question, comment, or statement read, you can send in a super chat or you can send in a humper chat. And we are going to go ahead and start pulling those out right now. So here we go. We got another super Super chat. This one is from Sheldon Jackson, who says, Eddie must go back to Noah, become GHD heavyweight champion, uh, then return to Impact. I think his character needs this change. Uh, thoughts on this, Joe Pearl? My God, Eddie Edwards, Edward Edwards, we just changed him. Stop it. I spent weeks talking about Edward Edwards needing a change. We got it. He's on or no more. He's a bad guy. We got it. That's good enough. Could he go back to Noah and do the thing? Yeah, absolutely. Especially because who's their champion right now? It's Kojima. I, I just, okay. okay. I, I don't follow Noah as best as I could, but for right now, Edward Edwards is where Edward Edwards needs to be. Yeah, and it is Kojima. Uh, thank you so much to Sheldon Jackson for sending this in. Uh, we also got a Humphrey chat here from Melissa who says, thank you all. F- thank y'all for everything y'all do. I want to make sure I got that correct. Uh, thank, thank you y'all. so much to Melissa. Thank y'all. No, but I can't say thank y'all to one person. Maybe thank Why? you. Y'all is all. Y'all, no, y'all is more than is more than one person though. I use y'all as just a general. Like thing. I can't be like directing just to you and be like y'all because you're not a y'all. You're just a you. You know what, <laughs> Melissa? If you're in the chat, do you say y'all for everybody? Can you just clear this up for us? I'd like no, to know. No, it's got to be more than one person. I would just never agree. go up to be. I would go up to you and be like, "Hey, you," but I wouldn't be like, "Hey, y'all," <laughs> to one uh, person. How y'all um, but- doing? All right, let's go ahead and get into the match that I think a lot of us are really excited to talk about because this was a whole lot of fun too. And considering that it was a first time ever match, I think it makes it that much more even special. You guys all know what I'm talking about. Is It is the Queen of the Mountain match for the Impact Knockouts Championship with special guest referee, the very lovely Mickey James. But we had Tasha Steeles defending her championship against Deanna Perrazzo, Mia Yim, Chelsea Green, Jordan Grace. So um, this one's a little bit, I think, a, a little bit more crazier to kind of break down because of all of the different rules and, you know, people becoming eligible at certain points to even get the opportunity to get the belt, uh, to get the belt onto the top and with people going in and getting timed out for the match and all of this. So I, I kind of want to go through a little bit of this and then get into our real thoughts here. Um, first and foremost, I, I thought this match was a lot of fun. I didn't think that it was 
better than the women's ultimate X match. I did think the women's ultimate X match was a, a lot more. Uh, it was just, it was just a different match. I think I don't feel like you could really compare the two, but I did like that one a little bit more, but my favorite, favorite moment of this, because it was a holy shit moment was legitimately seeing uh, Deanna and Chelsea at the top of that freaking ladder. And they get tossed down. I didn't even see uh, it was, it was Jordan, right? Who, who pushed the ladder. I didn't even get Mia. to see that part. It was Mia. Thank Mia you. Mia tossed it. Yeah. Mia. So when she basically got them, because I was just looking at them at the top and I'm like, oh, they're about to go down into those tables. And then when they did, it was this very, it was kind of a funny moment because you see them both holding on to each other. You know, they're friends in real life. So it's like you see them like holding on to each other and like going straight through this tables. And I was like, yeah, friendship goes right there. <laughs> um, but legitimately, that was a really freaking awesome spot. But the other thing that I need to bring up is Mia freaking Yam because she had some some great moments during this match. There was a moment where she did a missile drop kick off the top of the uh, the penalty box, and she did it onto Chelsea. And so Chelsea was perfectly aligned. So when that she got hit with the missile drop kick, she went right into the uh, ladder. And so that was an absolutely brutal spot. Afterwards, we see Mia like literally run up the ladder and do like a like a front forward flip sent on off the ladder it was freaking nuts i don't even know what to call it anymore um then we did see the incorporation of mickey james getting into the ring uh kind of stopping chelsea from climbing uh climbing up the ladder at one point and attacking her um we see diana slam mia yim right into the ladder that was absolutely brutal too um and then finally we do end up seeing this moment where jordan grace for the finish is kind of left there alone because you see that you know pretty much every woman is out of the picture at this point and so it was very clear that jordan grace was going to get to the top and that she was going to win and this was after she hit that muscle buster on mia yim and no one was left at this point she climbs up the ladder she she puts the belt on and she ends up winning the match and she becomes your new impact knockouts champion so joel uh i know this was a little bit of, of a lot that went down in this match but for you what were some of your favorite parts and who was a standout for you during this match and what did you think of jordan grace actually winning Okay, let's start with Jordan Grace. Um, love Jordan Grace. I'm happy that she's not got champion. I didn't want this to be the end of Tasha Steele's reign because I've said it for weeks, months now. Tasha Steeles didn't have a chance to be the person on top of the knockouts division because every time that Tasha Steeles had a match that was on a, a big show, it was overshadowed by Deanna Perrazzo, Taya Valkyrie, somebody else that wasn't Tasha Steeles. I wanted this to be Tasha getting the win, solidifying herself as queen of the mountain, adding something to her resume that she can then go forward and continue building herself and the knockouts title with. So I didn't love that. Um, hell, even at one point, <clears throat> this is what was weird. So they did a double pin in the match and it was Tasha Steele's pinning Jordan Grace and I think Mia Yim at the same time. And the referee Instead of saying Jordan Grace and Mia Yim go to the penalty box, they said Jordan Grace and Tasha Steeles are now eligible to hang the title. Um, by the way, for anyone who's confused about the match uh, and how the match works, it's actually really simple when you get down to it. If I pin Denise, I am eligible to take a title, get a ladder, and run it up and hang the, the belt. That's how it And works. I go into the penalty box. <laughs> Denise goes into the penalty box. When Denise For what, comes two out minutes, of the penalty two minutes, two minutes, yeah. Two minutes. When Denise comes out of the penalty box, she is then able to go and try and get a pinfall on somebody else. And then she becomes eligible. That person goes to the penalty box. Denise is now eligible to do the same thing. 
The only thing that I think people get confused about in their own head is that the eligibility does not have a timer associated with it. I used to think it did. I used to think that if I pin Denise, I only have five minutes to get that title and go and ascend with the title to, to, to hang it up. But that's not true. The only way that the, the only thing that has a number attached to it is the two minutes in the penalty box. So because of that, I think people just get, get very uh, thrown off by what is really a simple match. You get a pinfall, then you can do a reverse ladder match. That's all you need to know. So anyway, it had an awkward start. And then it had an awkward finish because of that double pin. And you could have done Grace and Yim go to the penalty box. And then it's just Tasha Steele's there all alone. And she just saunters her ass up the way up the, the ladder and just hangs the belt and says, yes, this is me. I did it. Screw everybody else. And instead they had to do this weird thing where Jordan Grace was eligible. Tasha Steele's is eligible. And then they had to do a little fight sequence and then Jordan Grace wins. And the hanging of the belt was also really awkward because she didn't actually hang the belt. She just kind of draped it over and then held it together and said, I guess this is good enough. And that was the end of the match. I'm not going to shit on how she did it. She won the match. I just wanted more from Tasha Steeles. Well, uh, I think what happened when you mentioned that part about Jordan Grace was because even commentary was like, now she's got to clip it together, but she kind of just held it there instead because I think she probably couldn't get the actual clipping of it, you know? Yeah, it was just, it was very awkward for the ending. And in the beginning of the match was also awkward too. The first pinfall, uh, nobody knew what to do. It was just, there was a pinfall and all of a sudden they're like, oh, uh, Chelsea Green is now eligible and that's it. And then Tasha Steeles goes to the penalty box and everyone was like, oh, this, okay, what now? So they, they got into it. You mentioned the spots that everyone mentioned that are really, really solid. The penalty box dropkick, the, uh, the the table spot, it was great. Um, but this match was a, a little messy. But at the end of the day, really entertaining. I just expected more from Tasha Steeles. That's what I'm really getting to. See, I got to be honest with you. I went into this knowing that Tasha Steeles was not going to come out with her championship. I wasn't Killing expecting me. Tasha Steeles to win at all. Really? Yeah, I actually thought this was going to be Mia Yim. I didn't expect Jordan Grace either. I was expecting Mia Yim to win this match. It just that that's that's the direction I thought they were going in. But I knew for a fact Tasha Steeles was not going to keep her title. Uh, that was just my uh, my gut feeling going into this. And you mentioned kind of her being a little bit outshadowed by some of the other women's matches. And you do mention that match uh, with Taya and Deanna. And unfortunately, it's like uh, th that's you know that comes with being champion. You, you you're gonna have the test of you know what if you're not the only match on you know you're not the only women's match of the night are you still gonna be the best match of the night and as champion you got to make sure you got the best match of the night and so I do kind of feel like you know uh I, I almost feel like they were like okay this was working for a bit but now we need to go ahead and switch things up and get a new champion and right now Jordan Grace she's doing a hell of a job man so like even though I thought it was gonna be Mia Yim uh I think Jordan Grace winning here was freaking phenomenal because she has been phenomenal in terms of the work that she has been doing and the style and the way that she works and everything that she does. I was so happy when Jordan Grace won this because it, it's going to be a very different reign from what Tasha Steeles did, from what Mickey James did, from what Deanna Perrazzo did. So it's going to be a very different style that we're going to get here. So I legitimately, I, I, I was expecting Mia Yim to get this one, but I was not at all disappointed when I saw Jordan Grace get the win here. So I'll push back a little bit more. Now, <laughs> we talk about this a lot in wrestling that either the belt makes the person or the person makes the belt. And the one person thing makes that the belt is my opinion. Okay, and that's I fine. I don't think I, the belt makes the person. It's the person I, that makes the belt. I think that both happen in cycles. We see that. We've seen that in AEW with the world championship. 
because Jericho was the first champion. He made the belt the, because Jericho was the guy. And then he passed it on. Who did he pass it on to? It was Mox. Yeah. Mox, yep. Mox continued to make the belt. Because he's a big star. Because he's a big star. Eventually, you have so much cachet that you have to eventually pass it off to someone to make a star out of them. And that was supposed to be Hangman Page. And they did a good job of, of having Hangman become the guy because he took it off of someone, Kenny Omega, who had made the belt. That's so, what you wait, need hold to on. do. So, so are you arguing, do you think Hangman Page was more so of like a little bit of both? I think Hangman was supposed to be the recipient of Kenny, Jericho, and Mox having made the belt. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you mean. Okay. Yeah. So my point here with the with the knockouts title was that they did it with Mickey James to make Tasha Steels. But unfortunately, they haven't given Tasha Steels enough time to make herself with the knockouts title so that the next person can then make the title for whoever goes next or make it yeah. for themselves. You know what I'm trying to say? So it's like a here, sink or swim thing. You, you're is, given the, you're given the opportunity. You're the champion. We set it up for you. Now it's your time to take the ball and run. And that's where the real test comes for the person that becomes champion. And that is what defines and makes people different. In you know, in the, you know, here's the thing: like Tasha Steele's reign. How long was it? It was it wasn't that long. It was very short, actually. Did she? Yeah. I think she only had like how many title defenses? Like two on pay per views. On pay per views. On pay per views. Yeah, okay, so this might have been the third one here. So that's fairly short because Deanna Prazo, she held it for a bit. Uh, Mickey James held it for a good bit there. And so it, it, for Tasha Steeles, it was a shorter reign for her. But I just feel like maybe Tasha is at a different point in her career right now than, you know, Mickey James. Obviously, is in a totally different point of her career. Deanna Perrazzo. Deanna Perrazzo is different, though, because Deanna Perrazzo got to the point where she became the face of the company, not just the face of the women's division, but the face of the company. So I feel like she kind of took the ball with it and she ran with it to an entirely different level and soared different heights. And so that is kind of the challenge there for Tasha Steeles, where you're so right. Having Mickey James and Deanna be those, you know, prior champions, like, you know, prior to Tasha is definitely going to make that, you know, set it up for Tasha. And so it, it unfortunately, it just didn't, uh, I don't think that her reign really took off maybe as fast as they wanted it. And so I think that's why it was very clear to me that they were going to go ahead and switch it and give it to somebody else. It's kind of like, okay, this isn't working. It might be somebody else's time right now. And especially when you have somebody like Jordan Grace, who's just like fighting and fighting and clawing her way out there and being remarkable in what she does, you're going to be like, oh shit, well, you know what, here's, it's almost like this is their person's time to, you know, you, you know, when it's somebody's time yes. and you want to, you know, kind of give it to them. Yeah. My feeling continues to be that there was more meat on the bone for Tasha's reign and they could easily go back to her with Jordan Grace. Or like they can have Jordan drop at the title. Who knows? It just didn't feel right this time around for me. I see other people in the chat who are excited, and that's great. You should be. Jordan Grace is a wonderful wrestler, and she's going to put on banger matches. No question asked. I think but the key I thing here, too, more. is that you mentioned uh, that she may have the belt once again. Tasha Steeles, like you said, she's in a different point of her career. She can have yeah. the belt once again, and yeah. she might be. she's going to be a different champion when she gets the belt. If she gets it again, she'll be a different champion. And that's, you know, that's just... I feel like that's just the nature of the beast. Like people are going to, you know, when they become champion, it's either it's a sink or swim moment. 
you're either going to like take it and run with it and you're going to be Deanna Perrazzo and, you know, become the face of the face of the company or, you know, whatever else. So now it's like Jordan. Let's see what Jordan does with the championship and see how she does. Uh, so it's going to be interesting there. Um, so, yeah, I'm happy. I'm excited for Jordan Grace. I mean, I love all of these women in this match. I mean, they all did a phenomenal job. All bring something different here. So it's this is the thing, too. This is what we need to talk about, Joel, before we move on, is that we mentioned all of these options here. That is a freaking great thing to have options because you don't always have options for championship material and here if you would have given the bout well i mean obviously you know dion already had the bout but you would have given the bout to chelsea to jordan to mia whoever uh no matter who the option was I'm pretty sure anybody here could have made an argument for either one of these women to be like, oh, shit, you know what? This would be a great champion, you know, sort of deal. Here's what you're doing. So Masha Slamovich is on a tear right now. They have her beating up people left and right. She's eventually going to get a knockouts title shot. Do I think her and Jordan Grace would be a banger of a match? Yes. And do I think Jordan Grace is such a big name and impact and such a big holder of the title that again, here we go. The cachet of winning the title, Masha Slamovich over Jordan Grace, makes Masha Slamovich, and the title makes her. And the, it, you know what I'm trying to say? That's where it could go. And I could see that working, especially if they spend the time continuing to build Masha Slamovich the way they've started doing it over the last couple of months. Right, exactly, dude. She's gonna be. She's freaking killer too. I mean, that's she a whole is. different story. But she's killer yeah. as well. Uh, but it's so. the depth of that knockouts roster. That's really what I'm trying to get to. Yes, completely agree with that on there. Um, all right, let's get these uh ch- humper chats and super chats read. This is a humper chat from Andrew the Giant who says, Fun show, Queen of the Mountain was my match of the night. That table spot was nasty, absolutely brutal, cr- brutal. So kudos to uh both Chelsea and Deanna for doing that. Uh, we also got Dave Rudbarg who sends in a super chat saying thought Jordan Grace's win was awesome. I completely agree. Good moment for her, deserves it. We kind of covered that already. Um, um, all right, before we get into our main event, everybody, just a friendly reminder, if you guys haven't subscribed yet here to Fightful, please make sure you guys click that subscribe button, okay? We are making our way to 100,000 subscribers on Fightful, and please subscribe because there is pretty much a post show for every single show. I mean, at this point, we could have a post show for this post show um, and all of that, so please make sure you guys go ahead and subscribe and join our family over here. Lots of different people on here coming on for the show yesterday myself and carlos toro we talked about we talked about triple mania so make sure if you guys want to check out and see how that show went out that post show is up and then here we are today myself and joel talking about this show and then tomorrow i will be back with sean and we're going to be doing our weekly raw post show and there's just so much more uh on this channel but let's go ahead and get right into the main event now because this was a really, really good time and uh, definitely a huge contender, I think, for match of the night. If somebody, if this was your match of the night, I do not blame you because it was freaking great. Um, this was the Impact World Championship match between Josh Alexander, the champion, against Eric Young. So uh, let me kind of start off a little bit going over what actually occurred in this match because this was really good. Um, right off the bat, man, they just got started with like open palm strikes to one another. Uh, we see Eric Young hit the stroke. One of the things that you did see a lot of was a lot of these like tribute spots uh so that was one of the ones that we saw we saw eric young hit the black hole slam that was another moment um we see josh alexander do the styles clash we see at one point we see diener uh get the referee with the yellow powder in the eyes um afterwards we end up seeing a really 
freaking sick spot in this. And this was when Josh Alexander did the angle slam on freaking Joe Doring from the inside of the ring to the outside. Okay. And you guys know how huge Joe Doring is. So he was even more impactful on that. And uh, we see Eric do the, uh, the freaking, the uh, Jeff Jarrett guitar shot on Josh Alexander. We see Eric do the pile driver on Josh on exposed wood. And literally if anybody's going to do it and make sure that it's a safe a spot to do and you're going to trust anybody to do it that is eric young um afterwards we end up seeing josh do the ankle lock on eric that was another moment and for the actual finish josh ends up retaining his championship and hitting the c4 spike and winning the match here um they have something really special joe with Josh Alexander, uh, the work that he has been putting on has been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, he is such an easy champion to book too. Just keep giving him fresh opponents and you'll keep getting these banger matches. Um, but Joel, how did you feel about what you saw in this match? And how did you feel? I mean, was it pretty clear to you that Josh Alexander was going to retain or were you expecting some sort of, uh, you know, were you expecting the, t- the title to change hands? No, I, I was fully expecting Josh Alexander to retain and, one thing I didn't expect was a love letter to TNA because that's really what this match was. And you outlined so many of those moments. I mean, Eric Young hitting the stroke, Jeff Jarrett and Eric Young tagged for a while in TNA early days. They faced off in King of the Mountain in 2015. He did a black hole slam back when he worked with Abyss. Uh, Josh Alexander doing best moonsaults ever, doing the Styles Clash, doing this, the, like you said, the um, uh, doing the Olympic Slam on Joe Doring. Uh, absolutely ridiculous. Just really fun stuff. The match, again, I don't think people walked in being like, Eric Young's going to win the title. But they did an excellent job at trying to tell the story of Impact's past, TNA's past, in Eric Young facing Josh Alexander, who wants to be the future and the current, the present of Impact Wrestling. They did a really good job of doing that. And for anyone who got upset at you know this match being, oh, it's, Eric, it's just Eric Young, I think if you watched it, you realized... This was the right match, not only for the storytelling, but just for the match itself. The the chemistry between these two is off the charts. They work well together. They're Canadians who came up together, so they already knew each other coming into this match. Uh, it was just a really solid, well-worked match. They introduce tables, and someone goes through a table. Simple wrestling storytelling. You introduce the floorboards again, which they did last week on Impact during the contract signing, and it plays into the finish of the match. Little things like that will make a fan stick around, and I loved it. By the way, if you take out a Canadian flag in Nashville and you boo, you are a garbage human being. What is wrong with you? Damn. I love it. Um, first of all, uh, shout out to Scott uh, Witt, who sends in a very generous super chat. Thank you so much to Scott Witt. I appreciate that. Um, this was great. I mean, I agree with you. It was definitely a love letter to Impact and kind of seeing all of those pivotal moments. But I think this match, just even though everybody, for the most part, you know, you and I and a lot of people are watching the show are expecting Josh Alexander to retain. But it, it doesn't even matter because when they pull you in, when a story, the, the story of a match really pulls you in, that's what they did. 
they completely grabbed your attention and that's when you you were you were watching this match and even though it's almost like you forgot like what your whatever your pre-existing expectations of the outcome was going to be was not even like a thought in your head because you were so interested in what these two guys were doing and that's why you have somebody like Eric Young because Eric Young is one of those few guys that can go out and do this stuff and when you got it with Josh Alexander and you got Eric Young and Josh Alexander who are you know very similar uh, in a lot of ways going out there and putting this match together it it it, it turns out to be a you know a little bit of a masterpiece for sure so um joel we're pretty much at the end of here we talked about all of the matches i gave my match of the night which was the monsters ball um i don't believe you've given your answer yet out of all the matches that we saw here today for you what do you think was match of the night reverse battle royal no um <laughs> I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> to each uh, their own. <laughs> no, it was probably the main event. It was most likely Josh and Eric. Uh, and if not that, then the um, Monsters Ball takes a very close second. It was 1A, 1B. I really enjoyed it. Both matches were different, but they both had so much going on that the storytelling was there. The match was well well worked, well paced. And uh, again, they did the little things. I got, I, I'll point out a little thing. Sorry, this is a something for any wrestling fan if you want to know who knows what they're doing in the ring? This is tiny. If you take a cross body and your opponent jumps to catch you just to make that little bit more noise like Eric Young did when Josh Alexander did a cross body, shit like that will always make me pop. And it will always make you look like a consummate professional, like you know what you're doing. Those are you Look for those things and you'll probably fall in love with wrestling a little bit more. I love that. I love how you sold that for me. Um, we got another super chat here. This one's from Scott Wade, who says, I was not excited for this match, but Josh and uh, but Josh and Eric Young are just so good that it was awesome. Josh spammed all the finishers from Impact Video Game. Uh, his uh, his best moonsault ever was flawless. Yeah, it was freaking great. I love that, too. Um, freaking awesome. Thank you so much to Scott Wade for also sending that one in as well. A good match and a good night. Guys, before we wrap up, uh, Joel, is there anything that you wanted to mention that we didn't mention? that you want to make sure we get before we wrap up the show uh the don west and mike today promo video was really sweet i just wanted to shout that out because i think a lot of people uh maybe do or don't know because they flashed it up on the screen for don west uh, he has lymphoma there is a gofundme if you go to sean ross Sapp's page uh he has uh, he retweeted it it's it's all over just search gofundme for don west uh the video they made was was spectacular and a really good callback to a time uh when the one of the strongest uh, partners for commentary in wrestling period Exactly. Oh, I love that. It was so nice. It was very touching. It was just, uh, it was special. It was definitely special. I think they did a really good job with all of the incorporations for the video packages that they did today and all of that good stuff. Um, alrighty, before we wrap up everybody, Joel, please let the people know where they can find you, et cetera. And, you know, plug your stuff. Yeah, I'm not hard to find. I'm at Joel Pearl everywhere. J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L. I host the Post Impact Show. I call it, it's a post-impact post-show, but it's no, the post-impact wrestling show with Cresta Star. I make that mistake every week. It's every Thursday after Impact Wrestling goes off the air. We're talking about the show. We'd usually do it in about an hour or less because let's face it, there's only so much you can talk about in a two-hour show. Uh, if you don't find me there, then I'm usually over on Fightful Overbooked. That is our ESPN, the Ocho, where everyone just talks about whatever the hell they're going to talk about in wrestling. Very different from post-shows. We're just talking about whatever. Go find us over there. We're growing and we're having fun. It's youtube.com slash Fightful overbooked. That's where you can find me most of the time. 
I love it. I love it. Also, Luis has posted the John West GoFundMe link in the chat. So if you guys want to click on that, um, that is there for you guys to go ahead and pull up. Uh, last but not least, guys, I'm here on Mondays with Sean every single Monday, arguing, talking about everybody's favorite show, WWE Monday Night Raw. Um, on top of that, you guys know I'm pretty much everywhere. Just follow me on Twitter at an at at underscore Denise Salcedo, either on Twitter and or on Instagram, youtube.com slash Denise Salcedo. I got a million shows a week and I post them all up on Twitter. So you guys just click on the link and you tune in, etc. But thank you guys so much for tuning in, for watching the show and helping support Fightful here today. Until next time, we'll see you guys later. Bye, everyone.